Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, co-host of the program and producer, and you're not going to believe some of the things we're going to talk about today. It's about security and some of the ways that your security is being hacked, including using ultrasonic tones. Our guest will be Richard Steenen, who is a nationally recognized expert in security. And that's all coming up in this first hour of the Internet Advisor. And of course, our second hour will be all about you and your questions. Welcome aboard the Internet Advisor. Hi, this is Foster Brown, your co-host and producer, and with me, Mr. Gary Baker. Good to have you in house, Gary. It's great to be here. I've been traveling a little bit this week. Oh, that's Down right. To, to New Orleans, to the Collision Conference, and I'll tell you what, it is amazing what's going on. Um, and it's happening here in Michigan and in Detroit as well, but all over the country and all over the world, there were people from, I think, 161 countries, countries. that came to Collision out of the 20,000 people, Wow. and uh, 42% were women. Oh, uh, young women. This is an IT event, and they are, and they're smart. You know, they're the they're the CEOs of the companies, the founders. You know, and oh, and wow. it was pretty amazing. And then uh, the last two days was Agile and Beyond conference. Uh, finally, Agile development is starting to really kick off and happen here. In, yeah, we have in the two Michigan. guys in from uh, Agile and Beyond talking That's about right. that conference and coming that, up. And the conference was great. Eight hundred plus people, wow. and uh, some amazing results are being achieved by. Uh, and you know, they it, it started here. And then it went all over the world. And we, because of our big companies, had very difficult time really adopting really? Uh, agile development, the kind of the new way of doing yeah, things. Yeah. And uh, Ford is is going like gangbusters now. Oh, great. They're really starting mm-hmm. to, to hit stride with it. So it's, it's it was wonderful to see. So I had lots of fun this week. Now so i got to go back to work next I week. I don't know if Ed, <laughs> if Ed, you and Cal can match that for you know an eventful week or not. I, I went to the M15 garage sale. So it extends from <laughs> Clarkston up to Saginaw. Oh, wow. Oh, so, how long? Yeah, That's it's like be... 25 miles. I don't know. It's it, more than that. It, yeah. it extends way past Davidson. And I think we made it maybe five miles away from our house and we turned around and said it's too damn cold. 
old. <laughs> and I'm out of cash already, so but we had a good time. It's a garage sale that extends all the way up. Uh, yes, I mean oh parking lots all, all up and down, family um houses that that are on there, family members bring stuff. It's it's a great event. It's sort of like the um the uh, M25 or, or Port Huron has one. As oh, well, really? oh, um, wow. in the summertime when it's warmer. You <laughs> <laughs> want to move that yeah, product quick. It? Now, no, can you really match nice any of that? that, Cal? Any of that? Please. <laughs> Come on. Guy, we got you back here a from $20, travel. A $20,000 com- conference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Garage sales. Yeah. This morning I got up and I went to the Mumford Alumni Association and helped crack 20 dozen eggs. Oh, really? Now, there's excitement <laughs> for you, my friend. Yes, we had scrambled eggs up the wazoo. <laughs> uh, they have an annual pancake breakfast every year to uh, raise money for the Alumni Association. No, and, wait, there uh, was a pancake breakfast with scrambled eggs? Oh, we had scrambled eggs, bacon, and two types of sausage. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Three types of parquet. <laughs> and a very sleepy guy who, <laughs> because it, it's a full day. I mean, oh, I, I you get know, we, there early in the morning. We, we, we do that until 1 o'clock. <laughs> then we clean up. And then I leave. And I come over to this fine place and do this show. <laughs> then I'm going to leave. And then I'm going to go over to the Rosedale Community Players. And we're going to have our show tonight. We're doing Ooh. the gin game. And this is one. Uh, uh, this is our second weekend doing it, and then we'll be doing it again next weekend for our final weekend oh, as well. You see how so versatile now, IT people are? Multi-talented people, so, I tell you. So are you on stage or behind the scenes? Oh, no, no. I'm I'm doing the front of the house. Uh, I'm not doing the stage at all this time. Okay. The gin game are two people. Uh, it's only two people on stage, oh, an really? entire thing, and it's about an older couple in a nursing home. Oh, so and you wouldn't pl- qualify for that at all. <laughs> no, they, no, not no, yet. No, top ca- no typecasting there. Working okay. close toward it. Working close toward it. I'm going to get some tips from Foster. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's, it's, a great, uh, it's a great show. Uh, you can uh, check it out at Rosedale Community Play. Players.com, and you can order tickets if you'd like to uh, get to the other uh, three shows we're going to have. Uh, one tomorrow uh, for a matinee, and then we'll have one next Friday, and then we'll close the next Saturday night. Ah, so, folks, as you can see, these folks, you know, this, you can only do IT so much. <laughs> You know, know. <laughs> you got to spread yourself around, or else you know you got to get your creative juices going. Otherwise, I, I have a uh, sixteen horsepower engine I'm tearing down now. There you go. I got to replace. There you uh, go. And Gary is, is yeah. about to become the master of his own ship in the Caribbean. I, mean, <laughs> I feel like Popeye. <laughs> uh, we're going to be missing you, as a matter of fact, near the end of the month. Because you're going to be taking off. Uh, it may happen. It, it may yeah. happen. Okay. All oh right. no! Let's like let's let's think positive. It's going to happen. Yeah, it may happen. Okay. Oh, <laughs> did you guys? Uh, well, you know, we had. Uh, by the way, for some of you who may have you know come here expecting Rick Broida to be with us, we would. And matter of fact, we were looking forward to having him in studio with us. Rick got sick very suddenly last night and couldn't make it down. So. We uh, talk, he talked about you know being eighty percent there, and I said no 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 no, you stay home. <laughs> uh, food poisoning, nothing worse than <laughs> sick Nick, a uh, Rick. Yeah, yes. well he is, and so instead of doing that, we're very very happy to be able to bring on uh, Richard Steenan is going to be with us in just a moment. We're going to be talking about security, and there's a lot of incredible headlines that have been going on. But before we get to those headlines, Cal, I thought this is a big week for Apple headlines just recently in regards to. Wearables, I see. Oh yes, uh, when you uh, uh, when they took a look at the numbers for sales and stuff like that, uh, this particular quarter, Apple actually has exceeded Fitbit for wearables. 
And uh, a matter of fact, Fitbit is number three. There's a Chinese company that's actually number two. Oh. So how do they classify wearables? Are they classifying the earbuds as wearables or just the watch or? They were just doing the watch in this particular case. Oh, okay. wow. Because yeah. I wanted to know if they count the earbuds as one or two devices. And Well, it depends on if they're connected or not because you can get earbuds with wires or earbuds as separate. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you know, accountants, you got to be watch out for those guys that, yeah. you know, they could, you know. But it's significant. I think the Apple Watch people were talking about the Apple Watch, <laughs> which the, is which is really amazing because yeah, yeah. I'm I, I it is. I'm one of the few people that that's not you know if I got one I'd be fine. But you know, I really I'm not yeah. crazed about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people with them, but I do know some folks with them. But I didn't realize they were that popular. Wow, wow, and certainly enough to make uh, Apple the number one largest wearable vendor in the world. Back in a second. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Cal Carson in studio here. And with us on the phone is a dear friend of ours who has been on the program any number of times, Mr. Richard Steenen. Welcome to the hey, program. Foster, good to be here again. It's good to have you with us, and thank you for, matter of fact, for coming in at such short notice. But boy, you know, if anything, this week in cybersecurity has been a boom week in terms of headlines that are out there. It feels like every week is that way, but uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, well, <laughs> heating up, and of course, uh, as one person on Twitter said, uh, it's a amateur mistake to stay up late Thursday night because the big leaks, etc., seem to be released Friday afternoon. Oh no, kidding! Oh wow. Well, let's start off with maybe uh, something that. Uh, has hit headlines that, that a lot of people will relate to, maybe not because of cybersecurity, but because of the headlines around the French presidential election, which is coming up. Mm-hmm. A very important one for France, and as a matter of fact, for Europe, I think, in general, um, uh, because of the possibility of somebody who was a very strong right-wing nationalist, uh, Marine Le Pen, becoming the president of France. And uh, what happened apparently was that there was an enormous email dump of inf- well, not just email, but all sorts of information about her pro- her opponent Macron. Do you want to fill folks in on the details of that? Yeah, um, about forty five minutes before the press was in press and candidates were no longer allowed to report on the election um, Friday evening. The Somebody dumped about nine gigabytes of purported emails claimed to have been stolen from Macron. Uh, It turns out there's been a lot of analysis. Even though the journalists can't report on it, the tech community is all over this. And they've they've learned over time to look at these dumps to to check them for validity, check them for tampering check them for if they're just uh, collated from other dumps that have happened in the past, Mm -hmm. if they're they're really new. And uh, they're discovering, you know, the dates of these. Some interesting uh, fallout has been that the file structure was put through an Excel spreadsheet that was, uh, you know, on a Russian language computer. Oh, really? And uh, there's some tampering um, of some of the files. Some of the videos, you know, were done in in uh, in basically computer generated. Um, so it it certainly is quickly evolving into uh, suspicion that this is a Russian information operation. Mm. Um, the, a couple of the, um, the security vendors, Trend Micro uh, and Flashpoint, have attributed it to the same team, uh, the GRU, that uh, infiltrated 
the uh, DNC and stole their emails. The Democratic so National was, Committee, that uh, the, on the dump of uh, the emails uh, uh, from uh, uh, the candidate. From the, from the campaign. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, from Hillary Clinton. Thank you. Which is still having fallout in our own. Oh, yes. Election. Lord, yes. But, but if oh. anything, it would almost seem like, Richard, that this this uh, this particular dump of information would confirm even more strongly that it was the Russians who were involved in both information hacks. Yeah. Same, um, you know, MOD. Mm-hmm. Although some, and, of, some of the information, yeah. Richard, isn't, um, was, was inaccurate. Isn't that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, are we sure that it came from, um, from Russia, or is this are they being framed because they did it the last right. time? So now it's easier well, to blame them. Now, now we're going down the rabbit holes and <laughs> you start talking about uh, the intelligence community and government operations. Yeah. It's always yeah. who's who's doing it, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and if I remember right, it was it was uh, the the press was basically saying they were waiting for this hat to fall. They knew that there was going to be a leak. I mean, it's been reported for almost three weeks. You know, I wonder if there's going to be another email dump. You know, and and we were just waiting for it. The timing's too perfect. And you remember, I think it was Trent Micro who said that there had been a hack of the Crohn's or his party's email, and uh, he denied it. He said there had been no hack, and in these emails. You know, aren't directly from Macron. So, mm-hmm. um, so far, you know, he was right, and he's already telling uh, several journalists that, uh, or his team is telling journalists that they're going to crack down pretty heavily on Russia when and if they win. You know, it's kind of interesting. Oh, I'm sorry, Cal, you had something. You know, Richard, question I have for you is this, uh, and it is. Back in the 60s, they used to have the big red phone uh, in between Russia and the United States that they could talk on, and that was all encrypted. And Did they ever? Did anyone ever crack that? And if they didn't, why can't we use that same basic type of uh, technology to protect email? Yeah, as far as I know, nobody ever cracked it. Um, we can protect email extremely effectively. Um, the trouble is that the most convenient email is Gmail, and its purpose, you know, the reason it's free for everybody is that Google mines that for information so they can feed you ads, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, so they can't make it a completely private email system. Um, if you, but there are email systems that are completely private. The, uh, I use one that's based out of uh, uh, Switzerland, and it's, uh, I discover how frustrating it is, right? First of all, it's not your email address. So the recipients are going to go, well, is this really Richard? Because I don't recognize his email address. Oh, I see. And then beyond that, if you forget your password, forget it. You know, it's encrypted so that the email carrier can't <laughs> re- recover it yeah. ever. Wow. And so you forget your your password, and of course you've made it really complicated because it's got to be very secure. Yeah. And you forget it, and boom, it's gone for all your emails are gone forever. You got to start fresh every time you enter Ooh. a new password. Wow, high price for that. So um, what, I, what I found interesting about this was that versus Hillary Clinton, where, where the emails that were revealed were meant to be examined, the exact opposite, at least in the analysis that um, you passed on to me, the analysis is that this information is not meant to be examined carefully, that it's precisely yeah. this enormous dump of information. So you can't, you can't make your way through it. What I find, yep. go ahead. Yeah, so the the story isn't as well, uh, you know, taken care of by the information operatives. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so they just dumped a lot of data in the hope that just the fact that there's a dump yep. will cast doubt, presumably, on the Crohn's party. I'm I'm curious, is there any other country around in the, on the globe that does this kind of thing where they shut down any kind of media input two days before the elections? I think it's brilliant. I wish they would do it in the U.S. two months ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, two, 222 days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly four years before the election starts. So you should... yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> or I like the British system where it is, you know, you, the, you call an election, and then it's within a very short time you have the election. You know, you don't have yeah. a lot of time to do this, oh, idiotic campaign. Well, less expensive. But now yeah. we've got the specter of the uh, soon, you know, upcoming elections in Britain as well as in Germany. That's right. And Germany's already seeing, uh, you know, Russian trolls and, and the usual fake news and wow. things like that spreading. So it's going to play out, and it's kind of it's kind of amazing at how audacious the Russians are. Um, it's always a caveat that yeah, it could be third parties pretending yeah. to be Russians. Yeah. Um, because you know, hey, it works. So and I. Do it while we can, because I, I think, on... you know, over, over the next decade, right, we'll all get used to this, and it won't be as effective as it as it has been in the mm. last year. Mm. So, uh, th- there is, a, is there, among security experts, is there a, a fairly strong consensus that this is the Russians that are doing this? You know, yeah. with the caveat, yeah, yeah, of course, it could be third parties, et cetera. Right. But yeah, it's, it's very, very strong. Um, some of the top uh, research teams, uh, the vendors and researchers, um, you know, have, have given us the trail of breadcrumbs back to the Russians, back to, in the case of the DNC hacks in our own elections, um, there, there were multiple attacks from the GRU, which think of as their CIA, mm-hmm. and the FSB think of as their NSA. So two separate teams at one time were attacking the DNC, maybe without the knowledge of the others. Has this, is this, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, with all the talk going on with uh, the Russians, that sort of thing, what about North Korea? Are those guys doing any hacking toward, toward, toward us in that particular situation, or are they less sophisticated than the Russians? So they're definitely less sophisticated, right? The Russians are, uh, get to pull on the expertise of their cyber criminal gangs, um, who are the best, right? It's hands down, no matter who I talk to says, the Russians are the best and the scariest. Um, the North Koreans, from a military perspective, are very, very strong. Um, you know, dedicated teams um, have done some really, really amazing uh, spreads of botnets and, and harvesting the botnets in order to do DDoS attacks against the U.S. government, against South Korea, infiltrating South Korean banks, and, of course, the now famous Sony attacks that they're, they're mm. credited with. Yes. So, yeah, very, very powerful. Richard Steenand is our guest here. Uh, he is uh, the he's with he's the chief strategy officer at Blanco Technology Group. And he's, of course, somebody who's been around the industry for a long time um, analyzing security. And he was worked for Gardner for a while as a, an analyst there and is also an author. And the book uh, he we've interviewed him a number of times and. One of the interviews we did was with his about his book called "There Will Be Cyber War." If you're interested in that book, by the way, and some of the things we're talking about uh, on our homepage, InternetAdvisor.net, I've got links to the book and also uh, the topics that we've been talking about. We've been talking about uh, the French election coming up, but what I want to talk about in just a little bit when we come back in a moment will be about a new privacy-busting technique 
that tracks computer users through the use of ultrasonic tones. <laughs> Apparently the dog can hear it, but we can't. <laughs> and we'll be back to talk with Richard Steen about that and other cybersecurity matters as we continue here on the first hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, and the crew with you, Gary and Ed and Cal, and also our old favorite, our friend Richard Steenen is with us as well, a cybersecurity expert, and we're talking about some of the headlines that are out this week um, uh, about cybersecurity, uh, something that is I found absolutely fascinating and wondered if you could help explain it to me, was a, a, a headline that said, a new privacy-busting technique tracks consumers through the use of ultrasonic tones. And uh, it may have sounded like science fiction, but it's a reality today. Richard, first of all, have you heard of this? And, you know, is this fake news or real? Um, yeah, I've heard of it. As a matter of fact, last conference I was at, I was at a big mobile conference in Barcelona. Um, somebody came across to me and started telling me all about their, their great uh, networking protocol they had written over ultrasound. So it uses speakers on the device and microphones on the recipient device in order to kind of displace uh, what you would use Bluetooth or Wi-Fi for. Hmm. And it, it, it fits. So the, the use of this for tracking, you know, uh, consumer behavior, let's be nice here, <laughs> um, it seems to fall right into place because I missed a battle that uh, I was involved in way back when I was at WebRoot. And so we were, we were eliminating uh, cookies. Remember how upset people used to get about yes. tracking cookies? <laughs> and, of course, you know, after Google bought DoubleClick, like we all just gave up and said, okay, I'll live with the tracking cookies. <laughs> uh, but they, the industry is, you know, trying to bring us this uh, always-on, always-connected cap- type of capability that they then get retailers to get involved in. Uh-huh. There's even – there are tools now there's – there's a whole industry devoted to tracking your presence in a store, and the uh, company will deploy multiple Wi-Fi access points that triangulate your location. So now they know what aisle you're in, <laughs> and they know if you're dwelling, you know, in front of a certain kiosk, and they could display special ads for you. No kidding. And <laughs> and then they they'll also be able to report to the retailer if the store salespeople aren't going where the people are. You know, if they're just in the uh, back chatting with each other yeah. <laughs> in the break room. You know, it, 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 it's bad enough when I get a receipt from Kroger or Meyer or Rite Aid, and it's taller than I am in coupons. <laughs> now I'm going to get flashes on my phone, and it's going to become just as irritating. But unless there's something rewarding in there for me. So, that well, I, no, wait a minute. So if you're standing in front of um, a product and you're looking at it and all of a sudden something pops up and says, here, we'll give you more information about it. It's not like you weren't disinterested. You were interested in that product. Oh, yeah, unless you happen to be shopping with the other half and I'm standing in front of the feminine hygiene product. (laughs) (laughs) And that goes into Google and tracks you and you get tracked like that forever. I know. Those would be be some great coupons to get in. (laughs) Richard, how do the ultrasonic ultrasonic tones, I mean, the article had a picture of a dog with its ear up in the ear. In other words, these are tones we can't hear, right? Well, this was like uh, Kevin Mitnick being able to set off nuclear 
nuclear missiles just oh. whistling into the tone into the phone, right, Richard? Wasn't That's that right. one of the the, <laughs> the Je- Department of Justice uh, you can allegations? Turn, you can certainly control uh, phone switches that way, just whistling. Oh. Yep. And back in the day when we had phone switches, we weren't all IP. But this this new methodology is, is kind of great, right? So you're clever. Um, from a hacker's perspective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but basically, the idea is, you know, your your phone's got an app on it that, of course, asks for permission to use the microphone and the speakers. Ah. And uh, and then when you're, say, you're browsing to a website and your laptop and your phone's in your pocket, um, you instead of relying on Google or Facebook to track your browsing activity, when you go to a website that emits a high-pitched uh, signal, then your phone picks that up and then reports through the app to the app owner that you're browsing, you know, the website for news or whatever. Oh, wow. So we sh- the, the point is we should watch the dog. And if the dog, yeah. if the dog yeah, starts definitely. twitching, we should know that something's going on. Well, that or dolphins, yeah. Yeah, pet dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> that is fascinating. Well, the thing is, it also could be used in the store. So as you're, as you're walking True. in a store you're, or uh, down the street and you happen to be passing a coffee shop, if that store is emitting ultrasonic through with their music right. as well, right. your your phone app would pick that up as well. Didn't it we? Would, it would report your location. Correct. Yeah. We, now, th- th- this sounds yeah. to me though that there are two things: battery consumption, and yeah. uh, and the, and and the you know these these user acceptances. When a person downloads an app, I, I know I have personally like. I'm downloading a flashlight app for my old phone because it didn't have the flashlight capability mm-hmm. and I wanted to use the flashes. You know, why would that need access to my contacts? No, I am not getting giving yeah, you, right. I'm not using this app. And I would download a couple different apps, free apps, until I found one that didn't um, want, you know. Want to have all the access. Yeah, access to everything, including yeah. microphone and speaker That's and interesting. stuff like that. The difference, yeah. though, Ed, is this. You live in a generation that looks at that sort of thing and gives it some second consideration. These new millennials, they don't care. They say, just give me the app. Just give me this thing. Just give me, I, I, you know, they've probably never, ever, ever, ever times 10 read one of those disclaimers <laughs> that said, you know, here's all the things that you're giving up when you well, say I accept So it. wait a minute. I'm so not reading this. I'm a millennial? Because I haven't read it either. Who, who you're, has? You're just ahead of your time, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Gary wants okay. to become a okay. millennial. I, so I sometimes act that way. But He's got millennials. <laughs> He's got millennials in the house. That's what's going on. Well, anyways, it's a fascinating thing yeah. with uh, how they're targeting for their market. And yep. so they could target ads at you. And that someone's actually developed um, um, a protocol an ultrasonic protocol for uh, securing information back and forth that, you know, can't be picked yeah. up. That's interesting. Yeah. Very yeah, fascinating. Hey, but before we, uh, Richard, we don't have an awful lot of time. And I, as always, we need much more time when we're talking with you. Richard Steen is our guest here talking about uh, uh, cybersecurity. Could you give us a kind of a, a thumbnail? And I know that there are listeners who have run into this out there. Um, what's the state of ransomware now? I, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned the fact on the air that, the price of the ransom has tripled since last year. What are some other things that have been going on with ransomware? Is it more prevalent? Are they getting craftier at it? What's going on? Um, yes to all of that. Uh, it's probably still the, the highest concern of all the CISOs I talk to um, because it's still happening, even though you know it's pretty well known how to defend yourself, right? Have backups, mm-hmm. uh, have patches, good security, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, but it's but it's getting more sophisticated. Um, so there's a ransomware as a service that an attacker can subscribe to yeah. um, called Fatboy that actually prices the you know decryption uh, ransom that's asked for based on where the person is. So they're wow. t- taking taking you know demographics and geolocation into account. Uh, so it's kind of uh, it's priced to be more affordable, right? So there's there's I a demand you. curve, and if somebody asks for a thousand dollars, most people are going to go, nah, you know, I'll just live without my my documents that I created. Mm-hmm. But if it's forty nine dollars, maybe I'll do that. So you optimize yeah. that. Wow, that so, is scary. Cal had a, had a question for you. Is Bitcoin yeah. is Bitcoin still the the choice of payment for that sort of situation, or if they're paying through more traditional means, how come we can't just trace these guys and say, hey, look, you know, you're you know, you're, you're running a business that's not not correct. Yeah, it's Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is was one of the enablers of this, right? Because it's uh, uh. it's not completely um, untraceable, but it's very untraceable, uh, and it's probably the driver for Bitcoin adoption. Think of all those victims that have to get uh, Bitcoin True. wallets in order to engage in the transaction. Isn't that, that's kind of well, how perverted is that? That Bitcoin is actually benefiting from the fact that it's been made the means of payment. Well, the other thing, if if you think about it, you know, tying back into that ultrasound, they were saying that with uh, this ultrasound app, you can actually remove some of the anonymity with Bitcoin if one of these apps is installed while you're making a transaction with Bitcoin. Good point. Good point. (laughs) Very interesting. Gary, were you going to say something? Get the serial number of the wallet while they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bitcoin itself is, is just a medium. It doesn't benefit other than... More people are are circulating. Yeah, that's it. true. Is that what you're well, saying? The, I, the, way, the way gold benefits when you know a mine shuts down, right? Same right. Thing. Right. Yep. Economically, and Bitcoin Bitcoin's at fifteen hundred dollars a coin right now, um, so it's almost up. I think it's at its all time high. So it's very very mm. interesting times for that. Mm. And there are a number of others uh, cryptocurrencies as sure. well. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And in fact, there's exchanges now that are exchanging between the two. Or, yep. or between many, right? Yeah, yeah. And people Absolutely. hedging and doing arbitrage between them. Making markets. Richard, so and, oh, and, and by the way, I see we can't even collect them, though. It's not like um, a Confederate dollar, <laughs> yeah. right? That you collect it and, you know, 100 years from now, it's, it's worth something to a museum. <laughs> one, one really cool thing that happened last week in the ransom business, so it's not ransomware, was that Netflix had the entire season of Orange is the New Black yes. stolen. Yes, I saw that. And a huge ransom asked, you know, to prevent the hackers from releasing Orange yeah. is the New Black, which uh, Netflix hasn't paid, which is a mm-hmm. good thing. And the studios uh, are getting real nervous about that, aren't they? Sure. As they Richard. Should be, but whoever realized that, you know, data hygiene and this, you know, just having really good information management that extends all the way down to your subcontractors who are doing the editing of these things yep. has to be yeah. implemented. And it's. You know, it's wow. is Richard, kind of we got to close out right now. Thanks so much for being with us. Richard Steen and our guest back in a moment with MI Tech News. Hey, look at the clock on the wall, and it's about that time. Time for MI Tech News headlines with the editor himself, Mr. Mike Brennan. Mike, welcome to the Internet Advisor again. Thanks, Foster. Always a pleasure. As always, good to have you with us. And uh, it was a busy week out there in your headlines. 
Uh, I, I don't know. For some reason, it looked like there was even more than there normally are. But uh, let's talk about some of the uh, sampling of some of the things that you offer people information about. Uh, Wayne State University is going to uh, turn into a computer programming hub from May the 19th to the 21st for a very special hackathon. Yeah, third annual Hack WSU 2017 for beginners, intermediate, advanced hackers, and they compete, develop software or hardware projects, uh, you know, and, and develop these things for various groups, uh, may even turn into businesses, who knows? But oh. the mobile apps, Internet of Things, robots, drones, all that stuff's uh, going to be worked on. Wow. Now, uh, how do people sign up for this kind of thing? Uh, I have a link there. Okay, uh, you can go to hackwsu.com and uh, click on that, or you can come to my website and get the rest of your information. There's also an email address there at my website, so you can check on that. Uh, space is limited. I know it sounds like a salesman here, but <laughs> it is first come, first serve, so if you don't get in there fairly quickly, you may not get in at all. All right. That's going to be at Wayne State University, May 19th to the 21st, and as Mike was saying, by the way, that is the value of MI Tech News. It's not just news about these events, but very often there are links in the stories that take you to the event to register, for instance, like that one. Um, boy, I, we you know something we didn't talk about this with uh, our last guest, Richard Steenen, but uh, a big event this last week was a massive phishing scam that was targeted at Google Docs. Yeah, uh, it went down on Wednesday, actually, uh, and uh, they weren't really targeting you to get your username and password. They're actually going after your account, so they would steal your account and take it over. Uh, and so Google obviously was alerting people to this. It was that made big news early in the middle of the week. People were all alerting each other that this was going on. Uh, and uh, but it was really hard to detect, and yes, it, it's if you're not expecting it, don't click on it. That's you know rule number That's one. That's the one, yeah, yeah. If you don't expect it, don't click on it. Yeah, and even if it's from somebody you know, it's yeah. like why mm-hmm. are they sending? Well, if you ask yourself that question, why are they sending this to me? Then that should be the good enough explanation to leave it alone. And and when that happens, I actually contact the person and say, why are you sending this to me? And they go, I didn't send that to you. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And part of the tactic, as I understand it, was that they would go into the, your account, steal your address book, so yep. and and then send the you know, the bogus uh, document to somebody with the uh, malware inside of it. And of course, people then it's your address book would say, "Oh, this is from Ed," and would click on it uh, rather naively. Right. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. But how, you know, and what we're dealing with the generation of of uh, um, people, the younger generation, that really don't want to call someone else to confirm if mm. you know they just want to correspond through email or text messages or social media, and they're not going to call to confirm. Hey, is this something that I uh, I wasn't expecting this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to email back. Yeah. yeah. So, well, they could even just send the document back to the person and say, "Well, the, I guess they'll learn their lessons for next time." Yeah. Oh, what an expensive lesson. Hey, Mike, you know, there's a lot of people through our affiliates who listen to us on the west side of the state. And one of the headlines I saw there in your um, MI Tech News was that Mich- the West Michigan World Trade Week is coming up. May 10th, yeah. Uh, and it's a big celebration of international trade business growth. Uh, a day-long event, 30 sponsors. Uh, and if you're any kind of business that wants to figure out 
how you can go overseas with your products or services or whatever. Uh, it's a great event to attend. Again, that registration link is at my website. Uh, and uh, just click on that. It'll take you to worldtradeweekmi.org. Where will, where Mike, Mike pardon me, where will that be taking place, Mike? Uh, it's in uh, G- Grand Valley State University right downtown okay. at the Eberhard Center. Uh, that's the the downtown campus for Grand Valley versus the one that's way out in Allendale. Okay. But all the business, all the business school stuff and related stuff always happens downtown Grand Rapids. It's downtown Grand Rapids coming up, and it's a big event coming up on May the 10th. Uh, one final thing I saw there, and this is somebody I know who is a frequent visitor, monthly visitor to your M Squared TechCast programs, which are aired Monday on um, the Podcast Detroit Network. Um, and Enrico Schaefer is the person who is the founder of uh, Drone Law Pro, and he's got something called Shared Sky. Talk about that. That's kind of a neat thing. Yeah, him and uh, four other entrepreneurs in the Traverse City area who all come from different uh, backgrounds, but essentially all are involved in drones, are trying to set up a, a drone park and a drone group, a uh, nonprofit, where you individuals, businesses, organizations, but not learn how to use the drones in an ethical manner because there are a lot of rules that go along with them. Mm-hmm. And if you do it at the park, then you know they'll they'll, they'll teach you how to fly them, oh. they'll show you how to do everything. Uh, and it's in the, just in development right now. But as far as I know, it's, it would be the first in the state of Michigan. I'm not aware of any others if they're out there. Would this be kind of like a dog park? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It'd be along those lines. Uh, they're, they're getting it all together. I don't think it's actually in operation yet. But, yeah. uh, but they announced it in March, and then we got uh, Enrico was gone for about a month doing a bunch of stuff around the country. He's a uh-huh. lawyer. And so we got him on the show to kind of explain a little bit more about it. But that's, it's called Shared Sky. That sounds really cool. Hey, one last thing, and I know I didn't give you this in the headlines, but this is something that you told me about. Our friends over at IT and the D, um, uh, Dave uh, Phillips in particular, uh, have set up an IT outreach that's a very special one to Flint. Talk a little bit about that, if you would, please, before we wrap things up. Yeah, it's an online a program called the IT Career Academy, and they're doing it in conjunction with MEDC and Goodwill Industries. And uh, it's uh, you don't even have to have any experience. They're going to be able to teach you rudimentary skills on how to be get into the IT world, uh, entry level stuff, uh, cool. help desk stuff, things like that. You know, the Flint sure could use all the help it can get yeah. getting jobs. Uh, I mean, it's got hit hard by all the plant closures related to GM and whatnot. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a good thing. And, and you know, and he's, uh, you know, if it works well in Flint, uh, they like to take it to a lot of other places. Oh, good luck to them, Dave and uh, Bob and all the rest of the crew at IT and the D. Great outreach to the city of Flint. Now, Mike, uh, speaking of outreaches, how much does all, you know, getting this information on a regular basis, how much does this cost? Well, it doesn't cost the readers anything. Hopefully the sponsors pay for it. That's how I stay in business. <laughs> but uh, uh, but we also do other things. Uh, you know, we do the videos now. And yeah. as you mentioned, Matt and I do the Internet radio show and uh, just, you know, if there's a way to make money in it, I'll take a look at it, right? I'm an <laughs> entrepreneur, so 
<laughs> but the nice uh, thing for you listeners is mitechnews.com is where you go, or you can go to internetadvisor.net, and you'll find a link on our page with the show notes where you can simply send your email address in there, and you'll get a subscription, and you're on your way, and it hasn't cost you a penny. But you keep in touch with all this inf- interesting information about technology and entrepreneurship in the state of Michigan. Mike Brennan, you have a great weekend. Thanks, Marcy. You too. All right, Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News. Hey, guys, just before we wrap things up, and by the way, our next hour, the second hour, is an hour that we look for you folks to set the pace with the questions you ask. And uh, it's any problem you have or a concern you have with it's a PC or a Mac, you can simply call 800 And we will get right to answering your questions here on the air for you. That's 800-859-0957. And guys, next weekend is Mother's Day. Have you all got your list made out, Cal? Have you got your list made out? Uh, Yeah. Nothing (laughs) says I love you like something from IT. (laughs) (laughs) A nice bouquet of, I don't know, floppy Dongles. Dongles. (laughs) (laughs) A pangle of dongles? There we go. (laughs) Is Tina into, you know, gadgets? No. No, no, no. It's, it's it's like a toaster. If you just plug it in, it should work, right? Yeah, right. I mean? It should toast. That's it what it toast. should do. That's what it's. Here's your here's your <laughs> toast. That's right. Gary, how about you? Is uh, your wife inclined to technology? If I got her something about technology, that would be the end of her. <laughs> the end of you. Yeah, would you, would no. you have a better chance if you got her a blender, huh? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Barely. All right, folks, you have the warning out there. All these guys are into IT. Do not buy, necessarily, buy IT for your beloved uh, flowers, a dinner, something like that probably would work a whole lot better. Hey, uh, congratulations uh, and thanks to Eric Dorch, our engineer. I say congratulations to you. You're getting close to a first anniversary, aren't you? Second anniversary is coming up. So there you have the word of warning, Eric Dorch, as you head there. Uh, Thanks so much for handling the engineering during this first hour. Logan Stanifer, our producer. Coming up, our second hour, that's when you ask the questions, and we'll try to get the answers for you at 800-859-0957. We'll look forward to talking with you coming up in hour number two of the Internet Advisor. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to mitechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. 
welcome to our number two of the Internet Advisor. Foster Brown, your co-host and producer of the program, and this is your hour. Uh, what we mean by that is this is what we started out to do almost 20 years ago, and that was give you a chance to ask your question about your computer, about getting on the Internet, getting around it, and sometimes getting over it. Whatever you may be struggling with right now, we'd love to give you a hand. 800-859-0957 is the number. Give us a call. Welcome aboard hour number two of the Internet Advisor. And uh, this is my favorite part of the program, to be honest with you, because this is when we get to talk with you, our listeners. And we get to talk with you about uh, your computers and the problems or challenges you may be having with your computer. And um, maybe with your printer, maybe with almost anything. And then we get to pitch in and all the technical experience that's gathered together here in this studio that has served people for so many years gets to be focused on your problem. The number, of course, is 800-859-0957. And my plea at the beginning of the program is to please... Get your question in early. I mean, even if you don't have everything all pulled together, just you know, get the basics and we'll help you walk through it. Because inevitably, in the last 15 minutes of the program, we have all sorts of people clamoring to get into the program and to ask questions, and we just flat run out of time. So if you can get on board right now, please do. Uh, we'll be here until 7 o'clock this evening, and it is our pleasure to take your questions and to uh, do our very best to give you an answer. 800-859-0957. Just, just, just like voting in Chicago, call early, call often. <laughs> <laughs> and our reminder is that the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. So many times the question you ask helps so many, many different people. Uh, Cal, as a matter of fact, this week we're, we're lining up a first our first caller here in just a moment, but... Um, the uh, You had a question that you answered that came in through email this month. Yes, yeah, so Mr. John Rosa sent in a question, and his question was, uh, let's see here. I just purchased a Samsung Chromebook, and it's, a great, it's, it's great uh, from a personal standpoint, and it has replaced my laptop. I still use my regular laptop for all my business work. What is your opinion on Google Chromebooks with Android applications as a coming replacement of laptops or as a laptop and tablet combination? Will this be the coming thing, or is it just a fad? Aha! And a, a less expensive fad, I should say, than a lot of the ones that are out there. So what, what's your, what was your response? Well, my, my response to him was basically, it, it's, like, it's like any other system out there. If people find a real value in that particular system, whatever it might be, whether it's Windows, whether it's Mac, whatever that sort of thing, then they'll start to adopt it. And as they start to adopt it, more and more other people will adopt it and become more popular. And then, therefore, it will become a standard uh, if... If that doesn't happen, then it probably won't grow. Uh, my personal feelings is that you know a majority of people out there are looking for something cheap yep. that will work for them or free, even mm -hmm. if they can find it. And in that particular case, this might be a deal for them that just might work out. How many people will adopt it? Don't know. That's still left out there in the cosmos mm -hmm. to figure out. Um, I personally like to stick with the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Apple's my preference mm -hmm. and, and, micro, and if apple's not around then microsoft is definitely my second choice mm. uh i haven't gotten to the point where i want to venture off onto some of the other venues because yeah. i'm kind of a mainstream sort of guy so uh you know whatever system he chooses as long as it gets the job done for him and yep. does it in a quick and efficient manner and and he can be able to carry on business and that sort of thing 
then you know yeah, it, it's, it's open for for debate. Yeah, it's all what you want to do with the thing. If you just That's want to point, yeah. browse the internet, get email, social media with with people, um, download the occasional game from the the app store, mm-hmm. um, either with Google Play or um, the Android Play Store, or mm-hmm. yeah, the Play Store or um, Apple's App Store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it mainstream into business. No, yeah. I don't get in around. In education, is I don't get around as much as Gary does. He sees a lot more of the IT business world than I do. Mm-hmm. So my focus is kind of narrow. But uh, I haven't seen it fully adopted in a business environment full stream. No, right. well, that may change. Like a Microsoft yeah. sort of thing. Now, what was the Microsoft announcement last week that they're supposed to come up with the Microsoft... Well, it's their new laptop. It's called new laptop. the Surface Laptop, but, and it's running Windows 10S. That's it. Windows 10 S. But you think of that as, uh, uh, what was the, you know, when Microsoft first released, it's... Um, Windows RT? Windows RT. Yeah, That's right. what I'm sort of thinking it, it's like. Yep. Instead of calling it RT, there, you know, what letter comes between R and T? <laughs> and they threw the S in there. <laughs> or right? for schools. That's as good a reason as any. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and RT did not take off because yeah. their store, their app store did not take that off. That, I think, yeah. is again going to be the big thing. Uh, matter of fact, we're having to move Ginny out of her Windows phone, which she loves. And which has been working well for her because a pop-up came up the other day and said that Windows, uh, Facebook Messenger will not be extended on the uh, platform anymore. Right. Okay, here here I go again. I'm sorry. I got to do this. You know, about two years ago, the Surface thing came out and Microsoft was saying, you know, those Mac notebooks, you don't need those. Those Mac laptops, you don't need them because you can get a Surface. And now they make a Surface laptop. <laughs> hmm. I wonder. <laughs> and it's, this, by the way, is the cheap end at $999. The Gee, cro- well, oh, that's oh. the Surface. But, the, you know, that's the new uh, Windows 10S platform mm-hmm. will uh, run comparable to the uh, Android or the Google... Um, um, Chromebook. Chromebooks, thank you, Gary, yep. uh, for about $179. Okay. I mean, that's their target price. Yeah, yeah. Will it, but will it run on its own, or will it be dependent upon Microsoft's cloud? It's going to be dependent upon their 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 store, their, right. their, cloud. their cloud. It's, it's all, all right. cloud-based. So, so it's going to yeah. be kind yeah. of a clone of what Google did with the Chromebook. Yeah, exactly, and, they, and they're trying to go head-to-head with them. you got to okay. copy success. Well, and, and like so many other things that are being done in a tablet fashion, right? Um, yeah. You're going... We're, Put, being pushed to the cloud. Everybody is. Every every vendor out there is pushed. Okay, guys, to we're going to take a, a quick break here. We've got a couple people lined up. Mary from Rochester and Frank from Sinclair Shores will be with you in a second. And there's now space for you as well at 800-859-0957. We'll be back to start taking your calls in just a moment. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown and gang in here. And let's go right to our callers. Again, thank you very much for getting involved early in our process here. And Mary from Rochester, welcome to the Internet Advisor. And you get to start stuff going. How are you doing this afternoon? Hi. Hi. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I need help. Yes. So I have four old computer towers down in my basement. (laughs) And... The day the day's coming up to where I can dump them, you know, and on the sure. day where they take them out of your trunk. Mm-hmm. How do I get all of my information off of these things? They're not hooked up anymore. They're not. I mean, they're old. Okay, uh, like when you say old, like how old? Um. Well, 
well, the computer I have is old that I'm using, actually, but probably 10 years old, so, 11, 12. Okay. So when you say, I want to, how do I get my information off? Do you want to recover the information so that you can retain it, or you want to you wanna get the information off so no one steals it? I do not need to retain it. I just need to clean it off yeah. so that I can get rid of it, and no one can get my information. Okay, good. That, 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 that's an excellent... Thank you, Ed, for asking that question because it's an important distinction. How computer savvy are you, young lady? <laughs> Not. Well, I mean, I can use a computer, but to do to do something like that, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, do you have? Do you know how to use a Phillips head screwdriver? Well, and oh, a yeah. hammer. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yes, I've thought about crushing it up with a hammer. <laughs> well, there's only one piece you need to crush up. Oh. Yeah. Okay. W- once you open it up, Gary. But you could use something else too, right? Well, she could. <laughs> she could get that Derek's CD. Yeah. She could download the Derek's. What would you tell Derek's, her about that? You, if you can get a, get onto the internet with your other, okay. with your your newer older computer <laughs> that you're using, <laughs> yeah. and and go to dban.net. Yeah, d b a n. Dot net. Yep. And that, and you're going to download a product called Derek's Boot. And nuke. That's B O O T, the letter N, and then nuke, N U K E. Follow the instructions for downloading that so you can burn a CD with that. So you're going to need one blank CD to do it with. And then once you burn that CD, you can take those computers, and it, as long as you have at least one monitor, a keyboard, and a mouse, hook it up to each one, you know, hook up one of those CPUs, one of the towers. Turn it on and put that CD in it and boot it with that CD. And then just select the selection that says Auto Nuke. Right. Because, and I believe the website actually will provide you instructions on how do I force my computer to boot off my CD. Mm-hmm. And he provides written instructions, if not a video, on how to do that with different manufacturers. So, okay. I mean, that, that's helpful, too. So, that, so that, you don't that's have to do anything. Method. Yeah, you don't have to do anything physical with that. The nice thing. Yeah. By uh, the way, that's free, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely free. free. And yeah. what that will do is it will uh, go and look at your hard drive and then write uh, ones and zeros across the entire platter multiple times, covering your data up and making it go away. And the other method that I was alluding to was a Phillips screwdriver to open the back of the tower or the computer mm-hmm. and then locating the disk drive or the hard drive that's in the computer and physically removing that. And that's pretty easy to do. You can you can actually just go to YouTube and you type in like uh, if one of your desktop towers is like a Hewlett Packard, you could say, how do I remove a, a hard, my hard drive out of my HP desktop computer, such and such. And you'll find a YouTube video that'll show you how to remove right. that hard drive. Right. You can either retain that hard drive or a, a lot of these recycling places, if you bring the hard drives, sometimes, sometimes they actually have hard drive shredders right there. So you can, you, you, you can not only donate your your equipment, mm-hmm. but when you show them the hard drives, you could, or you could call and say, "Do you have hard drive shredders available?" These things are amazing. Think of a paper shredder, incredible. And uh, but yeah. but you, but you could stick something in there about double the size of a piece of toast. Just a quick question: uh, This is in Rochester, oh. right, Mary? Were you? Yes. Okay. Is this a citywide event that they have? Uh, there, it's coming up, and I don't have the dates, but uh, it's. Um, I believe it's like. 
the hazardous waste material. Yes, but right. I'm yeah, sure right. this would qualify. Yes, exactly. You 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 take it to some place and yeah. they. Yes, but, and they but, take but, it out of your trunk. It's going to be at Oakland University in my area. Okay, call them ahead of time and ask them what 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 do they do with the hard drives that are in yeah. the computer? Yeah, you may not if, have to do anything. They may shred it for you. Mm-hmm. Or they may say, no, we don't shred it. You have to, you know, take care of that data yourself. If that comes up to be an issue, you may want to contact Great Lakes Recycling, or GLR, in Roseville, Michigan. And they, I believe, will, as Ed said, shred that computer up for you. Shred the computer, oh, or, the, or even the hard drive. I mean, like I said, the best thing to do with your hard drives, if you if you don't, if you want to get rid of them, is you just put it on a piece of concrete and use a hammer and smash it once with safety glasses on, of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah. then no one will be able to recover data yeah. off that thing. It, could be, it depends on how dramatic you want to be. Yeah. Okay, Mary, we gave you a few uh, options there. Hope they help you. Okay. Yes, yes, it helps me a great deal. I thank you so much. I didn't know what to do, and it's time to get rid of those things. (laughs) All right, a little spring cleaning is what you need out there. Our number here, by the way, 800-859-0957. Let's go to Frank and St. Clair Shores. Frank, how may be of service to you? Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, A well-meaning friend of mine uh, came over and uh, took my computer home to fix it. And um, install Windows 10. Mm-hmm. And since he did that, my wireless connection between my computer and my HP printer, which sits next to it, it won't just will not stay connected. I've ran Print Scan Doctor 50 times. Sure. Uh, it just will not stay connected. My laptop, on the other hand, no problem. Hmm. But uh, and by the way, the wa- excuse me, Frank, your your laptop is running Windows 10. No, no, my laptop is running Windows 8. Okay. So okay. so what happened is after the Windows 10 update, the uh, the, or the the after one of your computers was upgraded to Windows 10, it no longer yeah, could communicate yeah. wirelessly to the printer sitting right next to it. And and usually what you have to do is you have to go to the manufacturer's website and download the software again for that particular printer and then run through the setup again. And we talked about this last week because my brother-in-law, the same thing happened to him. And and basically, during that setup process, as for an example, if this was a Hewlett-Packard, it'll actually say, um, the, the software will actually scan the network for the printer and establish a connection. Mm-hmm. If it can cannot find it, it'll ask you to hook up a USB cable to it uh-huh. so it can configure the printer right. to communicate properly with Windows 10 over a wireless so network. Is this so have an, you is tried this an HP printer? It's an HP printer. The printer works fine. It is my computer. Right. Do you, so do you know which model number that printer is? It is uh, HP OfficeJet Pro 8620. Okay. Go to the HP website and look for that particular printer. You're going to go to hp.com, click mm-hmm. on support, then go to software and drivers, and then you're going to put in that pro- that, the, the name of that printer, OfficeJet, and the model number. And what that what what it'll do? It'll ask you which operating system you're using. You'll say Windows 10, and then it's going to lead you to something called HP Easy Start. Mm-hmm. And what Easy Start will do is uh, you'll download that program on your computer on your desktop, and it will walk you through the process. It will say, Do you want to hook this up on a wire, or do you want to do it wirelessly? And if you say wirelessly, then it'll go out, like Ed said, look at the wireless network and find that printer for you. 
get the IP address on it, configure it, and set it all up right on your Windows 10 Now, should computer. he delute, delete his old printer definition that Windows 10 has? Should you know, go into the devices and faxes and then remove his existing printer definition? Because I would recommend that. To keep mm-hmm. it clean, because yeah. what it's going to yeah. do, it'll be like HP Office Jet, and then it'll be HP Office Jet number one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah get right. rid of that first. Remove and device or remove Remove printer. that old printer driver off there, and then download that easy start for that printer. You'll be surprised. It is so smooth. It works really, really good. Okay, Frank. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Frank. And I hope that, again, this is something we've dealt with in the past. And I, I, by the way, I agree with you entirely. Uninstall the first printer that's there. Just get that out of the system. And you're not going to ruin anything. You're not going to hurt anything. And then use the easy install to set it up and uh, get the device working properly. Okay, we have lines open right now at 800-859-0957. And follow the example of Mary and Frank and give us a call. And we will get you on the air and answering your questions in just a moment. Again, the number is 800-859-0957. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor, our question and answer time. And we can't give you answers unless you ask the questions. So please do take advantage of that number, 800-859-0957. Dean from Dundee will be with you in just a moment. Uh, Just first of all, thank you, Daniel Mason, who is our engineer. Good to have you aboard. And also Logan Stantifer, who is our producer, the friendly voice that answers the phone when you call in that number of 800 859-0957. And uh, remember, the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Okay, we got it. And uh, by the way, on Sunday nights, um, usually Sunday night late, uh, I post the entire podcast of the program so you can listen to all both hours of it. And it's great beside a crackling fire with some hot chocolate, just kind of sitting there listening to Foster's dulcet tones coming through the <laughs> radio, through your headphones of your computer. It's just wonderful. <laughs> all right, back to the calls, and let's say hello to Dean from Dundee. Welcome to our program, Dean. How can we help you here at the Internet Advisor? Hello, Internet Advisors. You guys are always great. I learned so much with your fantastic show. Oh, thank you for. What can we do for you today? I hope it's a simple question. I'm kind of a novice, but I have a, a phone provider that using my internet access out in the rural area of Dundee, and I connect uh, my laptop to it. Sometimes when my laptop is running uh, XP, so I'm kind of concerned. Maybe I should get a newer laptop because it might be at risk due to not supporting it. Right. 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 So you have a laptop right now, probably an older one, that is running Windows XP, right? Yes. Okay. And I connect through the phone company that yep. gives me a mobile hotspot. Oh, okay. Is this through a cellular network? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and you're having difficulty. Sometimes it's difficult to connect. No, no difficulties. Everything works good. I'm just wondering if I'm if I'm at risk using XP because there's ah. not a lot of security, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you're cruising the internet, you're at risk. Okay, uh, that's just clear and simple that way. Um, if you didn't, if 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 you weren't using the computer for the internet, let's say you were just using it for an application where you just sat at home and I don't know uh, did public uh, you know publishing of 
wedding programs or something like that, and it was all internal, then it wouldn't be a problem at all. And I'd say if that was working for you, continue to ride it till it dies. But if you really want to be dealing with the Internet and being out and that sort of thing and making sure you can get support for stuff, it's probably time to consider yeah. an, uh, getting a And you can get a, a laptop nowadays for... I mean, a really nice one for about four or five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and, yep. and it'll last mm-hmm. you for a good long while. Right, and then even then, you can get a like you said the, um, uh, the cheaper laptops mm-hmm. or the Google Chromebooks uh, for under two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You okay, probably so, so time to bury the XP system. Then that's what you're saying. Yeah, I, and Dean, by the way, I, I would say, and we've said this before. Don't go for the cheapest computer out there. Right. You 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 know you're going to be underpowered and. Um, I think you're going to, you know, regret it in the sense that it may be slower, et cetera. But you're going to end up. I think we talked, guys. Didn't we say about four fifty, five hundred would be like a decent for a decent uh, system, a refurbished, yeah. for instance. If you're say. if you're willing to take a drive from Dundee up to uh, uh, Madison Heights on at I seventy five and fourteen mile to a place called Micro Center, you can see a number of different laptops there, and you can compare the low end to the high mm-hmm. end and get a, a good idea what's going on between the, 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 all the different uh, makes and models. And then you can make the decision for yourself. I always say, uh, if you normally keep a laptop as long as you've been keeping that one, <laughs> uh, then you probably want to do something from the middle toward the high end. And the reason why I say that is because you want a, a machine that's going to be able to give you some growth, some longevity, and in that type of situation where yeah. you put extra memory in it later on or a larger hard drive and you want it to have a faster a fast enough processor processor that's going to last yep. you for a while. Yep. Okay. Okay, hey, I appreciate it. You guys have a good evening, good weekend. Thank you. All right, thank you, Dean. Glad to have you. By the way, Dean is down uh, close to Toledo, and if you want to head south yes. down there, you've got, I'm sure, Best Buy, and there are probably, maybe some folks down in the Toledo area can can recommend. Uh, there uh, might be uh, a micro center closer in Ohio well, for them to drive to as well. That's a good question. I don't. You don't have to look it up. Well, yeah, but you can get these at any. You can get them at Sam's Clubs. They have comparisons. That's good. And Costco. Costco's. Yep. Yeah, that's so if you have memberships, you can go there and then yep. just compare. But uh, like I said, tablets are even. You know, uh, even a new tablet would be zippier than a Windows XP system oh, trying yeah. to exactly. crawl the internet. I've heard good things, by the way, about Lenovo's and about uh, Asus. Has got some uh, yes. some nice laptops that are out right now. Jared from South Lyon, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How may we be of service? Hello, it's nice to talk with you guys again. I called in about a month ago about the Moto G5 Plus, and I actually got that phone, so I have a little update on how things have gone with it. Oh, yeah, the Moto G5 Plus. Okay, yeah. That is the, the Moto, that is the, uh, what's it, Google phone? It's, um, it's Lenovo. Yeah, it's put out. Oh, it's by Lenovo. Okay, okay. What operating system? Is that Android? Yep, it is. It ships with the newest one right out of the box. I had to do a minor update yesterday, but I think it was just updating some text. Tell so. us a little bit about your experience so far. How has it been going for you? It went really well. I waited about a week after I got it to get the SIM card put in, but I was able to set up everything without an issue. It worked really fast. The operating system comes only takes up a little over, what is, 10 gigs on the phone itself, so you still have, I got the 54 Good. gigabyte memory, mm-hmm. and it still had 53, almost 54 left after the operating system. So, now, did it come with a bunch of pre-installed applications, or is it known for not having those pre-installed? Uh, 
So I know that Amazon Prime was offering a phone that was coming with some pre-installed, but I got mine directly from the company. Right. And I mean, that's the I, benefit. Is you don't have I, all that junkware on there. Mm-hmm. That is true. Granted, it was $80 cheaper on Prime, but you have to deal with all of that, and I don't know if you can actually remove any of it. So, yeah, good. That's a very good point. And you went right to the company, which means you went to where? Uh, Motorola.com. They were yep. bought by Lenovo a few years ago, right. so Lenovo deals with all of that, but Motorola is still kind of its own. That's what I've heard about the, 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 the Moto, the Moto G5, etc., is that, as you were saying, Ed, that it has less of a junkware on it. Mm-hmm. We used to call it crapware. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, you have less of that taking up space. Well, you know, but I also noticed with my Samsung S7, it had very little of that on there. Oh, good. And what was on there, I was able to uninstall it using the Nugget or Nougat operating system. I could uninstall, I hate to say this, but all the ESPN apps and stuff like that. Yeah. It didn't come pre-installed this time with all that stuff on there. What is that sensor what is that sensor on the back of the telephone? Is that a touch sensor for fingerprint or is that it, where the camera is? Uh, the, the, the camera on the back of the phone with the flash underneath it. It was a nice change for me cuz I went from the Droid Max to this. The Max didn't actually come with a flashlight. You couldn't actually access it oh. through the default wear on the phone. Oh, wow. So I had to download a flashlight after that. So it was just that was something that was fun for me. Hey, Jared, how much did this cost? Could you you mind telling us what this cost? Uh, I the phone itself was three seventeen. If you're a student, they have a student discount. Mm-hmm. They have the website was very nice and streamlined. Uh, the mm-hmm. 32 gig, I believe, is the smaller one. That mm-hmm. was only about 260, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Those are good prices for these. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this in the studio among the guys here that smartphones nowadays, even the basic ones, are are running. I mean, they're great. Right. You know, before you had to give up so much to get a less expensive phone. Now, going directly to the company, as you did, going to Motorola, mm-hmm. you're getting a really nice phone, which mm-hmm. has got you know lots of RAM in it, and it's got lots of space, and it's a good deal. Now, how are you protecting your phone? Did you purchase an additional insurance with it, or did you go with a great you know protective case for it? I got the insurance with the, I think it was a 20% discount, don't yell at me if I'm wrong, with Mm. the student discount. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But with that, I got the year-and-a-half plan for the phone because I figured in a a year-and-a-half's time, either I'm just going to keep going on and I'm not going to have any issues or I'll move on to a new one. Is the phone water-resistant? It's splash-resistant, I believe. Uh, It didn't really say a whole lot about it. I'm not tempted to try it. (laughs) You're not taking showers with it, then. (laughs) You're not going to take it scuba diving, huh? No. Well, Fumble, Samsung can have their six foot under phone. Well, continue to continue to work with it, and, and give us a call back in about a month and let us know how how it's working out for you. It sounds like good good advice, though, Jared. Thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome. The only issue I found so far is there's not a whole lot of cases yet. Okay. Okay. Good. Good point. Thanks so much, Jared from uh, Lion, uh, South Lion, rather, for being with us. All right. Let's head down uh, to Toledo and talk with Joe from Toledo. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, Joe. How may we be of service? Hello, Joe. Are you there? Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? No, I can't. <laughs> you must have had a Tony Paco's hot dog and couldn't put it down fast enough. I was feeling on my end, but anyways, I, I have a. Got from a relative that got rid of their laptop in IdeaWorks. I remember it used to work really great at IdeaWorks, external uh, Wi-Fi antenna to see, get range 
more for external uh, for Wi-Fi signal. But the only problem is they don't know where the disk is, uh, and I think it might have even been in the computer when they got rid of it. So when I plug it into my uh, Dell Latitude laptop, it doesn't recognize it, and I don't know. It's being kind of an off-brand. I I don't know. I can't find out how to get the computer to recognize it. I got it. Okay, so this is an external Wi-Fi antenna. Yes, and the brand is IdeaWorks. Yep. Well, is it a, is it just an antenna, or is it the whole Wi-Fi wireless card and antenna built into one? Uh, it, it, it just looks like an antenna with about a. It has a pretty long cord, like about a fifteen foot cord, and, and it plug it in. And I remember my relative told me that they said it had come with a disc, and you put the disc in. You know, it, it, it really sounds like this is a wire a USB. If you're plugging it in, and you're plugging it in through the USB port. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Okay. So, yeah, you might want to, uh, have you just tried uh, searching the internet for IdeaWorks and typing in the model number to see if you could find the um, the driver for it? Because that's really all Windows needs is the is the driver for that. Oh, okay. I put it in, but it doesn't have a model number on it. It's pretty faded, and uh, I can't seem to find it online other than people selling it. Really? But I can't seem to find the, the, uh, the anything about any... Uh, installation information. Yeah, I, and matter of fact, I'm having a hard time finding IdeaWorks that that looks like uh, the proper thing. We're gonna we're gonna take a little more look at this. Yeah, because I'm finding like promotional sites, etc. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm getting uh, when you're using Google, you would get that. You would get a lot of people that want to sell you the same uh, thing on eBay or Amazon. But if you use Bing, oh. then you get um, uh, what what I would recommend is use Bing and then look at the images and usually you could see what the model number is and try to match oh, it up okay. with yours and and then you can search for the driver for that idea works because that's what Windows really needs is uh, um, is the driver for that USB by the way I've, I've just gone on to Amazon and I'm finding that there they list uh, the idea works long distance USB powered Wi-Fi antenna. Yeah, for about That's forty-five right. bucks. Yep. So uh, you might go there, Joe, and check out what Amazon has, and you might find more information. And, that and you what can go you're from. looking for is the model number. Once yep. you do that, then you can Bing for the model number and find the drivers. All right, Joe. What? Thanks for Thank being. You. You're very welcome. Thank you for being with us, Marianne from Clinton Township. We'll be back to talk with you in just a moment after we come back from these messages. Our number again: eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. I want to give a tip of the hat again to Danielle Mason, who is our engineer here, and to Logan Stanifer, who is our producer and is the person on the other end of the phone when you call in. And by the way, we have room still for maybe a couple more people. And good. Glad to see someone's ringing in there. 800-859-0957. And it goes back to the old saying, behind a great man, there's two great women. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need all the help we can get. Absolutely. All right, let's go back to our phones and to Marianne from Clinton Township. Marianne, how may we be of service to you? Uh, yes, sir. Uh Thank you for answering my questions. I was just listening earlier to a lady. She was asking how to take out her hard drive and uh, possibly Mm -hmm. destroy it because she didn't need the information anymore. Yes. And you had suggested. I kind (laughs) of like the idea about the smashing. (laughs) Maybe I can get a little bit of my aggressions out. There you go. (laughs) In a constructive way. Yes, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Now, now I'm not computer savvy. And Mm -hmm. another thing I have to tell you, I'm on my cell phone, so if I... You know, cut off. It's not I'm hanging up. It's just that may happen. But That's fine. I think I'll be fine. Yep. Um, the thing is, when I 
I need a Phillips screwdriver, correct? Can you explain that to well, me again? Go ahead. Well, it depends if you have a laptop or a desktop. Uh, this is a desktop. Okay. Yeah. So I'll make sure, of course, it's unplugged. But there are plenty of videos on YouTube that will basically show you how to, um, like, upgrade memory or add a secondary hard drive to a desktop computer. So you can go to YouTube and search for, like, who's the manufacturer of this uh, older desktop computer that you have? Dell, HP? Uh, this is an Azus. An Asus, perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do I how do I add a uh, replace the drive in my Asus? So they're they're going to tell you they're going to show you step by step how to remove the cover. Well, you got to give it a mo- you got to give the model number model two. number two or something close to the model number mm-hmm. Asus fifty one ten or whatever, and uh, you'll find something similar enough to be able to show you that you need a Phillips head screwdriver and then where the hard drive is physically located in there and how to remove the hard drive and right. and then how to use what my dad used to call a cornering tool because a cornering tool for people that aren't in the construction business is a, is a usually a 15 or 16 pound sludge. And you, what you do is you, when you're building a house, you bang the side of the house to make the corner straight. So it's called a cornering <laughs> tool. So okay. Uh, anyway, so you can use a hammer or you could take it to a recycling place and they will shred it for you. Um, right. As well. Right. But there's a, like you said, there's a great deal of satisfaction. Where, 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 where do you live at again? Clinton Township. It's Clinton Township. Oh, just drive down to Roseville. Go to Great Lakes Recycling. They'll take care of it down there. Right. Street. That's what I had heard you, someone had mentioned, and um, that would be another idea. Um, sure. sure. Uh, now, with that, she said that was with in the actual computer, or was that the towers? It's inside the tower. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is in the yeah, tower. Yeah, the box that sits right. down on the floor. Yeah. So you pull all, oh. the, pull all the cords off of it, especially mm-hmm. that one that goes into the wall for the 120. Right, right. And then you just go inside and, and have a ball. Yeah, there's usually four okay. screws on the back of the tower. Sometimes yeah. she gets lucky and it'll end up being one big old thumb, thumb screw. Thumb screw, yeah. yeah. And then it, it, some of the old Dells, you didn't even have to have a screwdriver to get that hard drive right. out. You just kind of popped the little slides and it popped right, right out. Right, exactly. And, okay. you, and And normally in those older machines, the hard drive... Um, is actually seated in a couple of rails. You it slides in, so you uh, you loosen the screws to hold it in. Right, and, and and that's what's important about watching a YouTube video. Once you watch a YouTube yeah. video on on how someone, uh, it's so simple. Yeah. Right, Why did right. I pay that guy one hundred and twenty dollars to do that last time? <laughs> I could have done exactly it myself. It. Right, right, oh. yeah, and 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 I do that too. And I heard that what you had mentioned, um, and so I was just curious about the other uh, the other method in case I decided on that. Yeah. Um, and and also now if. I did want to save uh, my information. Mm-hmm. I could take that hard drive out and yes. save that. You you know what you could do too for about twenty bucks. At least I've seen them at uh-huh. Micro Center for that. There are um, uh, devices that will connect to the hard drive itself and uh-huh. have a USB on the other end of them, okay. and then you can plug that into your laptop, for instance. And right. it will then show you your hard drive, and you can then drag files off of the hard drive, like pictures or documents or whatever, and drag them onto your laptop and Shazam, or your new computer. I love that uh-huh. Shazam. That's just <laughs> Or even if you don't want to do all that, you could just get the cable that goes with it, take the hard drive, put it on the shelf as a backup, just leave it up there, and then whenever right. you need it, you just pull it down, plug it in, and do your thing. Right. Okay. It, yep. And, okay. and be, depending so on the age of the good. computer, if you're going to buy that tray, take the hard drive with you to the good store yep. to make sure that you buy the right... Um, connector connector for right. that hard drive to right. connect it to your right. newer computer. Now, with that hard drive, uh, before I would say, say if I 
take a hammer to it or something or whatever. She's um, angling for the hammer. Would, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would I be able to take like a, 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 a thumbnail, you know, and and transfer my information onto that first, all that information on the computer? Could I do that also? You could put a, a USB thumb drive right. in your computer, mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. that cable uh, attached to the right. external hard drive, copy from the external drive, that big external dri- drive, to the USB thumb drive. After you right. got everything on it, then you could have, have your way as Thor with that other one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Mother's Day's okay. coming up. You know, knock yourself out. Right, <laughs> Have a right. good time with it. Okay, Mary? Yeah, okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're that. very welcome. Thanks, Marianne. Yeah, it is spring t- cleaning time, too. Yeah, you know? It is. Yeah, still is. All right, let's talk to, see if we can wrap things up with Tom from Troy. How you doing, Tom? Welcome to the show. Good, good. how are you? Good. What can we do for you? We're getting close to well, the end, you, so how can we help you? Yeah, well, it's just, just kind of a quick one. I was... Uh, Listening to your show, and I, you were just joking about taking your cell phone scuba diving. <laughs> I actually did that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you? I've since, I've since purchased a new one. But my question is, um, if a phone has been immersed in salt water, is it uh, possible to salvage uh, the data from it, in particular photographs? The first thing I would do, then, have you turned the phone on since it's been submerged in the water? No, uh, I, I tried it. It won't turn on, yeah. Okay, so try this. Take the phone, uh, get a bag of rice, like a one-pound bag of rice, slit it on one side big enough so you can slide that phone into it, and then slide the phone inside that bag of rice, and then close that bag back up like in a Ziploc bag, and let mm-hmm. it sit for about three days. And then after now, this, this was a couple of weeks ago, so the phone's dried out now. Oh, no, not, no, not no, quite, because on the inside of it, yeah. it may be still water in there. Yeah. Just let it yeah. sit. Let it sit in that rice. You know, you, it's going to cost you maybe a buck for a bag of rice. Don't buy the really good yeah. stuff. Cheap is better. <laughs> and then just let it sit there for about three days, and it's going to try uh-huh. and suck all that moisture that's inside that phone out. Yeah. Then after that, then get your charger and attempt to charge that phone or power it up. If it powers up, you may have a chance. If it doesn't power up, just kiss it goodbye. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is what about the uh, data there, recovery is there a group or a, a company that could uh, disassemble it and uh, somehow get the data out? As Ed just said, there's a data recovery group in Southfield. I, as a matter of fact, I believe that's the name of the company, it Data is. Recovery Group. It's in Southfield, Michigan. You can call them and say, this is the situation with my phone. This is what I did. Uh, and is it possible to pull that data off? Now they, and then how much? <laughs> they might be able to do it. Yeah. But then you, that, that, you'll ask them how much it's going to cost. And now you have to weigh whether or not what you have on that phone is worth the price to have it pulled off. Uh, yep. And then also well, on- Richie, I do, I do have some photographs which are fairly valuable to me. And I okay. uh, would be willing to pay for it. But, uh, you know, I... Um, yeah, yeah. Give them, give them a call, at Tom, and and let them let you know what the, and then you can balance out whether that's uh, worth your while. Tom, thanks so much for your call, and good luck with getting down those photos back, and and not scuba diving with your next phone, unless of course it is scuba diveable. Ed, Cal, <laughs> Gary, thanks so much for being here, guys, and Daniel, thank you so much as well as Logan Stander for our producer. Have a great weekend, and we will see you here next Saturday on the Internet Advisor. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show.
Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.